From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, Conquest to Victory. The text is found in Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. This promise follows well upon that of yesterday. We are evidently to be conformed to our covenant head, not only in his being bruised in his heel, but in his conquest of the evil one. Even under our feet is the old dragon to be bruised. The Roman believers were grieved with strife in the church, but their God was the God of peace and gave them rest of soul. The arch-enemy tripped up the feet of the unwary and deceived the hearts of the simple, but he was to get the worst of it and to be trodden down by those whom he had troubled. This victory would not come to the people of God through their own skill or power, but God himself would bruise Satan. Though it would be under their feet, yet the bruising would be of the Lord alone. Let us bravely tread upon the tempter, not only inferior spirits, but the prince of darkness himself must go down before us. In unquestioning confidence in God, let us look for speedy victory. Shortly, happy word, shortly we shall set our foot upon the old serpent, What a joy to crush evil! What dishonor to Satan to have his head bruised by human feet! Let us, by faith in Jesus, tread the tempter down. Stands the nation's fall. 
As we contemplate the beginning of a new year, believers in Jesus Christ look forward to going on with God in their Christian lives. An indispensable part of that is the regular study of the Bible. The psalmist said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. The first psalm reminds us that the blessed man's delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night. In order to help believers maintain a consistent and organized way of reading the Bible, Let the Bible Speak offers an excellent plan of reading that will allow God's people to read through the entire Scriptures once in two years, as well as the Psalms and the New Testament twice. Included with this reading plan is a list of some of the words found in the authorized version that may be unfamiliar to modern readers. To obtain your copy of a Bible word list and daily reading plan free of charge, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Hayward Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. 
Just ask for your copy of A Bible Word List, and we'll be happy to provide it. This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the Holy Spirit as he brings the opening portion of a message entitled, The Earnest of the Spirit. The text is Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14, where the Apostle Paul speaks of the Holy Spirit as the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. In his introduction to the message, Dr. Cairns draws from the first three chapters of Ephesians, which describe the Christian's wealth, or what the believer has in Christ. In doing so, he takes time to define the term earnest as it applies to the Holy Spirit's relationship in the Christian's life. Now Dr. Cairns will bring the opening portion of this message, The Earnest of the Spirit. This morning we're turning to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 14. For some weeks now we have been considering the person and the work of the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, we come now to one of the great descriptions which the Spirit of God himself has given us of his own person and work. Verse 14 of Romans or of Ephesians chapter 1, speaking of the Holy Spirit of promise, we read which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. The Holy Spirit of God is the earnest of our inheritance. It's one of the most wonderful declarations of all the scriptures that Christians are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I don't want to take too much time going through the scriptures to pile up references, but it is certainly an amazing thing to notice in the writings of the Apostle Paul just how consistently he loved to emphasize the riches that believers have in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now when you consider that in the early church, Believers, for the most part, were among the poorest in society. Many of them were slaves, still in bondage to cruel masters. Many of them were Jewish converts, and in the Roman Empire there were none more despised than the Jews. When you think, therefore, that the people of God were generally though not always taken from the lowest strata of society, that they were not blessed, for the most part, with great <clears throat> spiritual wealth. They didn't have mansions of homes. 
Rather, these things for the most part belong to the ungodly. It is all the more striking that the apostle should emphasize the poverty of the ungodly and the riches of the godly. It's still true today. Whatever a man standing in life, be he a pauper or a millionaire, those are not the things by which you will determine whether a person is rich or no. The Lord Jesus spoke of a, a fool. <clears throat> he was a man who had many, many possessions. He was a man who was mightily successful. He was a man who was planning even greater ease and success. He was a man who was sitting back to enjoy life and all that his money could buy. The Lord Jesus Christ said, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? Thou fool, because riches consist not in the abundance of the things which a man possesses. Riches consist in a right relationship with God. There is no amount of money that can buy peace of mind or peace of conscience. It is written of one of the world's richest men who could buy all in sight, whose larder was always well stocked, who had the best of food and the best of wine and the best of company. And he lamented, Oh, that I could just buy a stomach that would be able to take it. He lived and he died in the misery of ill health. There are things that nothing can buy in this world. There are spiritual blessings which only God can give. And when the man who receives them does receive them, he's rich beyond measure. The forgiveness of sins, the peace of conscience, the ability to put your head in your pillow at night and know if God were to call me into eternity, it is well with my soul. The ability to stare the death angel in the face and say to be absent from the body would be to be present with the Lord. I want to tell you, my friend, that is wealth indeed. The riches, therefore, that Paul stresses belong to the believer. Let me highlight just two books that, of Paul's writings in the book of Romans. He speaks of the riches of God's goodness that lead believers to repentance. He then speaks of the riches of God's glory. He speaks again of the riches of his wisdom and knowledge. You turn over to Ephesians. We have read in chapter 1 and in verse 7 of this book of the riches of his grace. If we were to go down to verse 18, we would have the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Over in chapter 2, verse 7, the riches, the exceeding riches of his grace. Chapter 3 and verse 8, the unsearchable riches of Christ. Verse 16, the riches of his glory. And so we could go on. The apostle was always emphasizing the wealth that there is in Jesus. In fact, if you're studying this book of Ephesians, 
Let me suggest a very simple outline for you. And you'll find the book breaks itself up into three basic categories. The first part of the epistle to the Ephesians, from chapter 1 through to the end of chapter 3, deals with the Christian's wealth. Chapter 4, chapter 5, the beginning of chapter 6, deals with the Christian's walk. And chapter 6, verse 10 to the end, deals with the Christian's warfare. Now, those are all expressions that are found given in the epistle itself. The Christian's wealth, the Christian's walk, the Christian's warfare. And will you notice where Paul starts? He doesn't start talking about your warfare. He doesn't start talking about your walk. That's how preachers start nowadays. They want to tell you how to walk the Christian life. There is an abundance of what is called practical preaching nowadays. And it's most impractical. We are forever being given seminars on how to do this and how to do that and how to do the other thing. You want to conquer fear? Here's how to do it. You want to have a positive self-image? Man, I like that little phrase. That sounds good. A positive self-image. A load of rubbish, of course, but uh, it sounds good. And... Uh, they start telling you how to achieve a positive self-image. Look in the mirror and think positively. Norman Vincent Peelism. God save us from it. It's far from Christianity. But that's another story. Uh, if you uh, want to know how to be a success in the Christian life, if you want to know how to be excess, a success as a Christian parent, if you want to be a success as a Christian minister, then here are the how-tos. Practical preaching. That's most impractical. That's not how the Holy Ghost starts. The Holy Spirit starts with your wealth. The things that you have in Christ. And I want to tell you that the secret of walking the Christian life in victory is first of all by faith to see and appropriate the riches of God's grace that are in Christ Jesus. The secret of warring a good warfare and uh, overcoming the world, the flesh, and the devil, the secret again is to know the wealth that you have in Christ. So this is where Paul starts in Ephesians, dealing with our wealth in Jesus. And in the words of our text, he deals with that wealth again. Now, he uses a word in verse 14 that is vitally connected with our understanding of spiritual wealth. He says, the Spirit of God is the earnest of our inheritance. The earnest of our inheritance. Now, that's a word with great significance. Paul uses it three times. These are the only three occurrences of the word in the New Testament. And always with the same meaning. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 22. God has also sealed us and given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 5. Now he that hath wrought us for the self same thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of his Spirit. And then the words of our text, the Holy Spirit is the earnest of 
our inheritance. This is a very interesting word. It's one of the very few occasions where you have a Hebrew word that is taken letter for letter practically and taken into the Greek language. And from the Greek language, you'll find it in French. Even to this day, they use a Frenchified version of this word. In ancient English, they had also an anglicized Frenchified version of this word. I'm very glad we don't use it anymore because it's a funny sounding sort of thing. But uh, nonetheless, this is a word that has come over from the Old Testament. Now, if you want to find it in the Old Testament, turn back to the book of Genesis, chapter 38. Now, this is one of the most dark, terrible passages in the history of Judah, the son of Jacob. Judah had a daughter-in-law whose husband had been slain by the Lord. That's strange language nowadays, isn't it? Yes, he had been slain by the Lord. He did not die a natural death. He did not die because he had ill health. He did not die at the point of somebody else's sword or spear. He died because the Lord slew him for his wickedness. There is a sin unto death. Woe to the man's soul when God slays his body. Well, God slew this man. And according to the ancient law, since uh, there were no children, she was promised that she would get the next son as a husband. And uh, he had a long way to go before he got tied up in marriage. He would have made a good member of Faith Free Presbyterian Church, I can tell you. But he was taking a long time before he got to the altar. When the time came, she was overlooked. And she did a very terrible thing. She dressed as a harlot, and she sat in a way that she knew her father-in-law would be going. And he fell into the trap And as a payment for her sin, not knowing who she was, he said he would send her a kid of the goats, or a kid out of the flock. Now the story itself ceases to interest us as a story anymore at that point. I just want to get you to what he had promised to do, to give a kid. Verse 17, I will give thee a kid of the flock. Now she says, wilt thou give me a pledge? Till thou send it. He said, What pledge will I give thee? She said, Thy signet, thy bracelets, and thy staff. Verse 20. Judah sent the kid by the hand of his friend, the Adullamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand. Now that is the word that is taken over into the Greek New Testament. It's not really translated. It's what we call <clears throat> transliterate, just taken just about word for word, or letter for letter. This is the word that Paul is using here. In fact, if you read many modern translations of the Bible, I hope you don't, mind you, but if you do, you'll find that most of them do away with the word earnest, and they put in the word pledge. The Holy Spirit is the pledge of our inheritance. 
And at first sight it would appear that that was an improvement on the authorized version. At first sight. But it's a mistake. Because while the words sound the same, in the New Testament, it is a very special kind of pledge. And it is an earnest. Now, what's the difference between an earnest and a pledge? Well, let me give you an example from the portion we have read, and then I'll give you an example from modern life. Right. Judah owed a kid of the flocks. He gave a pledge. What was his pledge? His pledge was his signet, his bracelet, his staff. And when the kid of the flocks would be brought along and penned, he expected to redeem his pledge and take it back. In modern life, say you contract a bargain. Say, for instance, you're going to purchase a van or a car or something like that. And uh, it's not ready for delivery today, but you're coming back in a month's time, or maybe you're going to be out of the country for a month or something. You say, I want that car. Right. It's going to cost $10,000. There is a $1,000 deposit. That's an earnest. When you come to pay the rest, you do not receive the $1,000 back. It is part of the payment. It is the first payment, the down payment, the deposit, the earnest that promises that the rest is coming. The difference then between a pledge and an earnest is very, very simple, but nonetheless, it is very far-reaching. Now, here in our text, the Holy Spirit is not just the pledge, he is a pledge, but he is that special kind of pledge who is the down payment, the deposit, the first part of the entire payment. He is the earnest of our inheritance. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 